0: You can Baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days though. These are just the no stress, low mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. Jesse, I love this question because, yeah, what do you say when your mom or your mother-in-law is like, I spoon-fed you and you turned out fine. And Jessie's like, no, I didn't. I don't even like vegetables. And I would like for my baby to like vegetables. Baby-led weaning will help your baby like vegetables. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby-led weaning. Here on the Baby-led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Baby-Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. I got a different kind of episode for you today. This is Ask Me Anything. If you are just starting baby-led weaning, This is an Ask Me Anything episode. I've been wanting to do one of these for a while. I put the word out on Instagram asking you guys who are just getting started, what are the things that you're worried about or wondering about? And I got some fabulous questions. I'm going to run through those pretty quickly in today's episode because I think a lot of us are worried about or concerned about pretty much the same 10 or 15 things. And So I'm hoping you will find some answers to your questions. I can help allay some of your fears in this Ask Me Anything episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Baby Quip. Baby Quip is the number one baby equipment rental service. And this is such a cool concept. They deliver clean, safe, and insured rented baby gear right to your door. And because they're now available in over 500 cities throughout the US and Canada. Baby Quip is ideal for traveling families if you want to make your next destination feel like home. I saw Baby Quip on Shark Tank a while back, and I just checked them out again. They've got lots of great feeding gear available in case you don't want to lug yours on your next trip. Check them out at BabyQuip. That's Q-U-I-P dot com. Now, before I launch into the Ask Me Anything, I did want to just mention three earlier episodes of the podcast that I think you'll find really helpful if you're just starting out baby led weaning, because this one is geared for those of you who are just getting a start here at around six months of age, plus when your baby is showing the other signs of readiness to feed. Go check out episodes number one, two, and three. In the podcast, I started out with episode number one. It's called, What is Baby Lead Weaning? Episode number two is five things your baby should be able to do before you start solid foods. And episode number three was five things parents and caregivers should be able to do before starting baby lead weaning. I'm going to link all of those episodes up plus some of the other resources that I mentioned in this episode at the show notes, which is going to be located at blwpodcast.com slash 44. So with no further ado, let's dive in. If you're just starting baby led weaning, I'm answering all your questions. All right, question from Arlie Atham. How much gagging is normal? My seven-month-old seems to be hating baby led weaning because he is gagging a lot. All right, guys, I know gagging can be scary, but gagging is a natural and necessary part of learning how to eat. And your baby will certainly gag more frequently and it will be more involved early on. Okay. Because sometimes the gag can get pretty involved and then it occasionally will turn into vomit. So I've got a whole episode number four, gagging versus choking. What's the difference? It is important to know the difference, but gagging is a necessary normal part of learning how to eat. It will become less frequent. It will become less pronounced. The more opportunity that your baby has to eat. So giving your baby the opportunity to practice eating is one of the best ways to help them get past the gagging. But analogy I like to use is when you think about babies learning how to walk, we know they need to learn how to walk and there's going to be some bumps and some bruises along the way, right? They bang into the coffee table, they fall down on their bottom. We don't rush in and stop the baby from learning how to walk because the process is making us uncomfortable. All right. Gagging is the equivalent when we're learning how to eat right? Your baby has to learn how to eat and gagging is part of that process. And when your baby gags on food, you can't rush in and stop your baby from the process of learning how to eat. Sit on your hands. I've got some great tips in the gagging versus choking podcast episode. That's at blwpodcast.com slash four. But another suggestion is to watch videos of other babies gagging on food and recovering on their own. It will give you so much confidence in your baby's ability to do the same. A question from KJ Sharps, if a baby refuses a food, should we get something different out or try again the next meal? First of all, early on, it's very unusual or unlikely or not typical for babies to have strong food aversions or food refusal. Now, some babies certainly can, but the good majority of the babies in the typical population, it's going to take them a while to figure out what this food stuff is. We know from research that it may take a baby 10 to 15 exposures before he or she likes or accepts it. So my suggestion to you is give your baby 15 to 20 minutes with that new food. I like to see parents introducing one new food per day. It's perfectly safe to introduce low risk foods one at a time, day after day. We do build in a little bit of a pad when we're introducing the allergenic foods because we want to observe or look for any potential allergies. But if you're curious about, wait a minute, my pediatrician told me to wait three to five days, go back and listen to episode number 12, why you don't need to wait three to five days between trying new foods. So having said that, if you're doing one new food a day, give your baby 15 to 20 minutes with that food. Let the baby sniff it and smell it and smash it and smush it. That doesn't necessarily mean they don't like it. They just need time to learn how to eat. So I would recommend sticking with it and then also reusing that food and reintroducing that food to the baby over and over again. Because once you try the new food, it's part of your baby's repertoire now, right? In future days, work it back in to the feeding schedule. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Question from CK Billman one. How many times a day should I do baby led weaning? When my baby is six to seven months old, and then how many meals a day do I like bump it up to? Great question. Kind of dovetails with the last question. Practice makes perfect, right? At six to seven months of age, I like to see your baby sitting in the high chair and eating one to two times a day. At the eight to nine month mark, you can bump that up to two to three times a day. And by 10 months of age, I like to see a baby sitting in the high chair, eating with the family three times a day. Now, some of you might be like, whoa, I'm going way faster than that. And that's fine. If your eight month old is already eating three times a day with you, that's great. They're probably not eating a ton yet, but they're just about to hit that mark. Eight months is kind of where it all clicks and they're going to start eating more. So maybe you're trying to sit them down three times a day. If you can handle it, that's fine. But I give those guidelines for the families that are on the other side of the spectrum who are like, oh, my seven month old eats solid foods like maybe once every three days. No way. That's definitely not enough. The more practice your baby has, the more proficient he or she will become at eating. So again, six to seven months, feed one to two times a day, eight to nine months, feed two to three times a day. And by 10 months of age, offer your baby food three times a day, if that works for your schedule. Now, if it doesn't work for your schedule, you kind of have to find a way to eventually get your baby there. Um, But it is ideal to sit with your baby and eat if you can I know some of you will say, well, older babies, don't they need snacks? If you guys have followed my podcast or my Instagram for any amount of time, you know I'm actually not a big fan of feeding snacks to early eaters. If you go back to episode 35, it's called Snacks, Why Early Eaters Don't Need Snacks. That's one of the most downloaded episodes um, because a lot of other feeding experts will say, oh, babies can't meet their needs with three meals. They need snacks that's definitely not the truth. In that episode, I talk about why the milk that we're feeding our babies in between meals is actually their snacks. And it's not a good idea to get in the habit of offering your baby food four and five and six times a day. All right. Another question coming from Mrs. Robinson 1229. How and when do I wean the baby from the bottle and what should the timeline look like? great question. If you are pumping and feeding breast milk out of a bottle or feeding formula out of a bottle, the goal is to have the baby off of the bottle by 12 months of age. So you'll hear some feeding experts say it's a feeding milestone to wean the baby off of the bottle by 12 months of age. In real life, I want to tell you as a mom of seven kids who did baby led weaning with six of them, I never got around to getting off the baby off the bottle by 12 months. It was a goal, but there's a lot of other stuff going on at 12 months, right? Um, they're starting to walk. They're hopefully getting little words there. You're having a first birthday party to plan. I mean, I give myself a grace period of 12 to 15 months to get the baby off the bottle. Now that's important for parents who are like, oh, I have a 24 month old still taking a bottle. No way, that's way too long. Extended use of the bottle can delay speech development. It also tends to lead to overconsumption of milk. We want your baby drinking out of an open cup. You can practice doing that starting right at six months of age, but try to get your baby off of the bottle somewhere between 12 and 15 months is the grace period that I like to recommend. All right. I love this question from Jesse Greer one. What do I tell my family when they say, quote, but you turned out fine. This is about feeding, but I didn't, you know, with spoon feeding families, sometimes say I spoon fed you and you turned out fine. And she's saying, but I didn't, I don't even like vegetables. All right, Jesse, I know it can be hard to be an advocate for baby led weaning when other people either don't understand it or disagree with it. So my suggestion is get comfortable with feeding your baby a few foods on your own and by yourself without anyone else in the room. As I like to say about feeding, it is not a three ring circus. I do not need the mother-in-law and the dog and the brother and the dad in the room if the baby's trying to learn how to eat a new food. If I'm the primary caregiver, I want to sit down with my baby in a quiet, peaceful environment as much as possible and allow the baby the time to explore and feed that food. And if there's a gag, then I'm the one who knows how to respond appropriately, which is not to freak out, not to lunge at the baby, right? Because lunging at the baby when they're gagging can actually cause a harmless gag to become a harmful choke if the baby inhales that food into their airway. So we want to be calm during gags. And if grandma is freaking out about the gag saying, oh my God, he's choking. And then someone lunges at the baby and the baby does actually choke and the baby has a negative food association, it can kind of, all be a downward spiral. So my suggestion to you is get comfortable with having your baby feed a few foods on his own before you invite anyone else into the feeding environment. And then to answer the question of, but you turned out fine, you can refer them to the research that shows us that babies who start solid foods with a baby-led approach to feeding, first of all, they're at no higher risk of choking than our babies who do traditional spoon feeding if the parents are educated About how to reduce choking risk. And you guys listening to a podcast, taking online workshops, uh, learning about baby led weaning, you're educating yourself about lowering choking risk. There's also research that shows us that babies who start with a baby led approach to solids, they're more likely to be independent eaters and are less likely to be picky eaters. They're learning how to feed themselves. They're learning how to respond to their inborn hunger and fullness cues. So at the end of the day, we're allowing the baby to do the thing the baby was born to do versus shoving an arbitrary amount of pureed foods into their mouth until we think that they are full. So good luck with the family. My suggestion is get comfortable with a few foods. And then when you are, then bring grandma in who will be blown away by the baby feeding himself sardines or eating oatmeal by himself, basically becoming an independent eater my own mom, who's a dietitian, I've told the story on the podcast before, she was so skeptical of baby led weeding. I'm one of six kids. She said, I had six kids. I spoon fed all of you. You guys are fine. This feeding yourself stuff is silly. Eventually they're going to have to learn how to use a spoon. Yeah, mom, we teach them how to start using a spoon at around six months of age. By 12 months of age, most babies can feed themselves independently with their hands and a spoon if they've had the opportunity to practice. So she was kind of turning her nose up at baby led weaning. And then I caught her on the phone one time when my quadruplets were about nine or 10 months old. And my daughter, Claire, had recently spent some time at her house. And my mom was bragging to her friend, oh my gosh, and the baby was eating sardines and she was feeding herself beets. It was amazing. And I was like, oh mom, so now you're on board with baby led weaning. But the truth really is you guys, seeing is believing. And it's important that we get comfortable with feeding our babies. I think before we invite other people who are skeptical in, but then once they see those successful foods that your baby's good with and your baby's feeding themselves, they'll be blown away because the baby really can do so much more than we give them credit for. Great question. A question from Gen C 818. Do you offer water every meal and how much? No, I actually don't like water for babies, especially early on for a number of reasons. So I did a whole episode on this. If you go back to episode number 24, it's water, when to offer your baby water and how much I don't like water for two reasons. First of all, it's a thin liquid, which can be more challenging for babies to swallow. So the speech language pathologist that I work with, they'll differentiate between thin liquids and thicker liquids. Your baby's used to thicker liquids, right? Breast milk or formula. Those are easier for your baby to swallow. Parents like water because it's easier and less messy, but it's more challenging for your baby to drink. So I would recommend practicing that open cup drinking with a little bit of breast milk or formula for the first few months. Secondarily, I don't like water because it takes up room in the baby's stomach. It can cause the baby's stomach to feel distended. That starts sending messages to the baby's brain that the baby's starting to feel full. I don't want the baby to feel artificially full from too much water in their stomach. I want them to be able to feel hunger and respond to hunger and to satisfy that hunger need with the food that I'm offering, not to get artificially full on water. Now, the exception is if you live in a very hot climate, you may need additional free water, or if your baby has an underlying medical condition or is on certain medications that require them to have more water, then water may be appropriate. But for the most part, just stick to breast milk or formula. That's providing your baby with most of the nutrition that they need, as well as their fluid And they're getting fluids from some of the new foods that you're offering as well. All right. Uh, I love this one from Patel How can I incorporate Indian vegetable dishes with spices? I'm trying to raise a vegetarian baby. So I get a lot of questions about seasoning and flavoring and spices. And more often than not, as long as it doesn't have added sodium whatever seasoning or flavoring you're thinking about adding, go ahead and do so. If it's part of your food culture to have cumin or turmeric or garam masala or chili powder, whatever it is, even a little bit of chili powder, sometimes parents freak out. Like you're giving your baby chili powder. Chili powder is not very spicy. Sprinkle it on some of the fruits or vegetables that you're making. It's a unique new flavor for your baby to try. That's not harmful. Now, of course you want to avoid extremely spicy things that could be dangerous to the baby, but as long as the seasoning or the flavoring doesn't have added sugar, or doesn't have added salt or isn't especially spicy, then it's totally fine for you to feed that to baby. And if you're interested in learning more about sodium and why we want to minimize that for baby, go to episode number 33. It's called salt three easy ways to minimize sodium for your baby. Great question. Thank you so much. Here's another question from babylonian. How do I know if my six month old is ready to start? I love that you mentioned six months because most babies will be demonstrating the signs of readiness to feed at about six months of age. Now, if you had a premature baby, you want to wait until their six-month adjusted age. So I'll use the example of my quadruplets. They were born at 34 weeks gestation, right? So full term is 40 weeks. So they were essentially six weeks early. I waited until they were six months plus six weeks in order to start solid foods. So they were seven and a half months chronological age when we started solid foods. They were demonstrating the other signs of readiness to feed. They were sitting up relatively unassisted. That extrusion reflex or the tongue thrust reflex where they push everything out of the mouth with their tongue, that was starting to subside. They were also very interested in food, looking at what I was eating, grabbing at it. That meant it was time to eat. Now, when we started the solid foods at seven and a half months, chronological age, starting with four babies at the same time, three of them took to self-feeding rather quickly. But one of my quadruplets, Henry, he put his head down on the table and he did not participate in eating for the first six weeks of solid food. Okay. So he was nine months chronological age before he picked his head up and decided he wanted to start feeding himself. And if he were my only baby, I probably would have freaked out. Like, what is wrong with this kid? He's almost nine months of age, but he wasn't ready. Okay. At that point, breast milk or formula was still meeting most of his nutrition needs. We were starting to offer some high iron foods, but he just didn't take to it as quickly as the other kids. So the message there is that not all babies are ready at exactly six months of age. It's better to wait a little bit longer. It's always safer and way more fun to feed a baby who's ready to eat. So some parents like on the six month birthday, like, I'm ready to go. Well, that's great. But your baby might not be ready to go. And if you had to prioritize, I generally tell parents that the ability to sit relatively unassisted, that's probably the most important sign of readiness to feed after being six months of age. I know with my sister-in-law, Charlotte, when her daughter, Eleanor, was getting ready to eat at six months of age, she sent me a picture. And I was like, let me see her sitting up. And then she sent me a picture. I was like, let me see a video of her sitting up. She sent me a video. She sat for like a second and flopped over on her face. Wait a week. In a week, send me another video. The baby could sit for like two seconds and would face plant on the bed the baby's not ready. At six months and three weeks, one week later, the baby could sit for 10 or 15 seconds. That was showing that she had the core strength that she needed to be able to facilitate a safe swallow. And to you and me, like a week or two weeks, we're like, what's the big diff? Like, that's not a big deal. That's a huge amount of time as far as developmental time for your baby goes. So when in doubt, wait it out, is what I say. It's always better to wait a little bit longer. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active mint customers by 531.24. Get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Alrighty, great question from Bree0085. I'm very interested in baby led weaning, but we do daycare three times a week. Do you have any suggestions for us? Should I just do purees then? My suggestion is whatever approach to feeding that you're going to undertake, you find a way to make that consistent for your baby at all eating experiences. So you can certainly succeed with doing daycare. And I'm actually working on an upcoming episode with you guys from a daycare owner who does do baby led weaning in home. She also is a mom of twins and she's going to be sharing with us how she talks to other parents about being an advocate for baby led weaning in daycare. So I'll have more tips for you guys moving forward, but you certainly can do it. Okay. My suggestion though, is that you... You get comfortable with feeding your baby or allowing your baby to self-feed at home. Do it on a weekend, do a couple nights. And then once you're confident, request a meeting with the daycare provider or your childcare provider. And you bring the food. You bring the splash mat that you put underneath the high chair. You bring the silicone suction mat. You bring the baby led weaning spoon, whatever the gear is that you need, you have to bring it. You can't assume that they're going to have it there. Okay. And you set the baby up and you put out some familiar foods that your baby, you know, can successfully self feed. And then you allow the daycare providers to observe how you set the food up, and how your baby self-feeds. And if you're going to follow the principles of baby-led weaning, it means refraining from putting any food in the baby's mouth. Okay, so even if we do purees, you can teach the daycare providers how you want to do the pre-loaded spoon approach to allow the baby to self-feed. Okay, so you can do purees, but you don't want anyone else putting the spoon in your baby's mouth. That takes away the baby's ability to regulate their own intake. It also increases choking risk. If you want more information on how to successfully combine purees, but maintain the principles of baby led weaning and self-feeding, go listen to the bonus episode, which was purees plus baby led weaning. That was with speech language pathologist and feeding expert, Dawn Winkleman. Great episode if you want to learn more about spoons. All right. Another question is from Reagan Elon. How do I deal with extreme constipation and pain? Okay. So when it comes to constipation, it's a side effect that all babies experience, right? Their gut is getting stronger. Your gut is a huge muscle. Babies are going to have some constipation when they start solid foods. There's nothing you need to do for the most part. I mean, think about it. They've only ever had liquids in their gut, right? And now all of a sudden, we're introducing more complex components of foods and fibers and different nutrients in different forms than they've had before. And that's fine, but there's a learning curve. So the gut is also learning. It's kind of the way you can think of constipation for your baby. Um, But there is occasionally problematic constipation where you will need to do an intervention. If you go back and listen to episode number 28, it's called Constipation from New Foods, What to Do for Your Baby. I think you'll get some great suggestions in there. The last question I have is from Viv in she's in Australia. What cheese can eight month old babies have? Alrighty. Cheese is made from cow's milk, right? Cow's milk protein is one of the big eight allergenic foods. It's a food that your baby certainly can have. Sometimes parents get confused. They're like, wait a minute. I thought we weren't supposed to give milk until after the age of one. Here's the deal with that. We want the baby to be exposed to cow's milk protein early and often as a way to help reduce milk protein allergy down the road. But Yes, it is true. Babies should not have fluid cow's milk in place of formula or breast milk until after the baby is one. But it's perfectly safe and recommended for your baby to have milk foods starting at around six months of age. So the way I like to introduce milk, the potentially allergenic food, to babies is using yogurt. And I did a whole episode number 13 all about milk protein, how to introduce your baby to this potentially allergenic food. Go check that out if you need more advice about milk. But when it comes to cheese, you guys are probably aware that that the concern for cheese with baby led weaning is that it tends to be rather high in sodium. However, there are some softer cheeses out there that are lower in sodium than you might think. Now, ideally, the goal is to minimize sodium. But in real life, we eat foods like cheese and cheese has sodium. So let's be smart about the cheese foods that we choose. Look to some of the softer cheeses. So one of my favorite cheeses for babies is ricotta cheese. You always want to do whole milk or full fat dairy products for babies up until the time they're two. They need that fat for their brain development. After two, you can do the reduced fat milk products, but look for full fat whole milk ricotta cheese. It's relatively low in sodium. It spreads nicely on things like dry crackers and dry toast. If you guys are familiar with baby lead weaning, you probably know that dry bread products can be a choking hazard. So we want to soften them up with a dipper or a topper, and ricotta cheese is a great way to do that. My general rule of thumb when I'm looking for cheeses is cheese is generally listed, at least in the US, it may be different in Australia, in one ounce portions. And an ounce of cheese is about the size of a domino. Or if you think about like the old school, like American cheese slices, that's an ounce of cheese as well. One ounce of cheese, I like to see a hundred milligrams of sodium or less per serving. Okay, because most of the foods that we're feeding to our baby don't come from packages. They're not processed. They wouldn't have sodium in it. So cheese is certainly a sometimes food. But when selecting cheeses, or all foods for baby led weaning for that matter. If it has a label on it, I like to see less than 100 milligrams of sodium. There are certainly some mozzarella cheeses out there that would fit the bill, um, some of the other softer cheeses. One note about softer cheeses, you always want to make sure that they are pasteurized. We never want to feed raw milk products to babies because of the potential for foodborne illness and that it could harbor pathogens. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Just Starting Baby Lead Weaning, Ask Me Anything. It's actually the first Ask Me Anything episode that I've done. So I had a lot of fun doing it. I'm not sure if you guys enjoyed it or you found it helpful. I got through what I hope were most of your questions and hopefully allayed some of your fears because I know it can be scary when you start out with solid foods. You're scared about gagging and choking and how to do the allergenic foods and then how do I your textures. There's a lot going on. So I covered a lot of ground in that episode and I also mentioned a lot of the previous episodes in the podcast. So I went ahead and linked to basically every single thing I mentioned in this episode in the show notes for this episode. So if you guys want to grab that, the links for everything from today's episode, that's at blwpodcast.com slash 44. You can also sign up for my free weekly online baby led weaning for beginners workshop by going to that page. Again, the website is blwpodcast.com slash 44. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye now.